ACLU. This is at Liberty. I'm Emerson Sykes. Hey, no, I'm Emerson Sykes. I'm a staff attorney at the ACLU and the host. <laughs> and how do we know each other? Because you're my coach. And your dad. This week, we have a special holiday episode featuring some of the most important people in our lives, our kids. We've asked some of my ACLU colleagues to have conversations with their kids about the work they do. The results were insightful and entertaining. In fact, this could be a great episode to listen to with the whole family. Hope you enjoy. What do you think the ACLU does? Um, I think that you help people who don't really have the chance to get their voices heard. And I think you sue people, too. What do you think your mom does at work all day? She fills out paperwork and does a bunch of phone calls and tries to make things equal for everybody. She saves people. What do you think your daddy does all day at work? Works so the world can have better choices. I think that you do homework. You also try to help people. Fight Trump. Works on the computer, talks with people, and uh, fight laws. Well, I think that the ACLU tries to make people's lives better and fairer by making sure that the government and the um, president uh, follow the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Where does mommy work? An ACLU. And what does that stand for? America. America, okay. And onions. And onions too? Yeah. The American Civil Liberties Onion works for me. So as you can hear, our littlest ones have their own ideas about what happens when their parents are at work. But these kids also had lots of questions. Some hard, some easy, some that can only be described as kid questions. Here's a conversation between Tanya Sanchez, a senior researcher who works on gerrymandering, and her eight-and-a-half-year-old. Tell me about a project you're working on. Well, I am in a fun project where we are making maps to make sure that voters are represented properly and fairly and that there is no gerrymandering. Hmm. What's gerrymandering? Gerrymandering. Uh, What's actually named after a guy named Jerry, who was the first person to do this. It's basically where you draw the maps so that you have more people vote the way you want it than it's fair. So... I mean, give me a little example. Imagine that in your classroom, there's five tables and in each table there are five kids and each table gets to vote for one representative Mm -hmm. um, and those representatives are going to make the rules for the classroom. Okay. Um, And imagine that mostly the girls want to vote for other girls and the boys want to vote for all of the boys. There's one table with four boys and one girl. So that table's definitely going to vote for. Um, So that's going to be, that table's going to vote for boys. Yeah, 
But then all the other tables are three girls and two boys. So who's going to win in all those other tables? The girls. Most likely. I mean, they could still have it. Then you would have four girls' representatives and one boy. Do you think that's good? Um, I like that the girls win, but it's not really fair, right? That's right, because that means, you know, the boys aren't getting an equal proportional representation, really. So that's sort of what gerrymandering is. So you're making maps more fair. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you're not gerrymandering, you're fairymandering? <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. We're fairymandering. You have a fairy mom. I think that kid understood gerrymandering faster than I did. Next, Chad Marlowe, our senior advocacy and policy counsel, had a similarly enlightening conversation with his 10-year-old. So, how do you get laws passed in other states? Like, how do you make sure it's a good law and who decides that those laws are going to get passed? Right, so that's a good question. So, if we want to pass a law in a state, uh, we have to come up with an idea of what we think a good law should be. So a lot of the area I work in is things like around privacy and surveillance. So we might come up with a law that protects people's privacy better, like students in school or people when they're using the internet. And so we'll get together a bunch of experts and we'll write a model law. And then we'll take it to people in states who are elected officials. Often in a state, it can be someone who's a legislator in their state assembly or their state senate. And we'll get them to propose pose a bill and you have to go to each state to pass a different state law or if you go to congress then you can pass a law for the entire country and that's how a bill becomes a law all right thank you for being on the podcast you're welcome these kids really got down to the nuts and bolts of the kind of work we do at the aclu but don't be fooled our kids also peeled back the curtain on how we work here at the aclu Here's Galen Sherwin, a senior staff attorney for our Women's Rights Project and her seven-year-old who really got the scoop. What questions do you have to ask me about the ACLU and Mommy's work? What foods are in the vending machine? Do you remember any foods that are in the vending machine? Doritos, Fritos, Cheetos, mini cookies in a bag... Um, what else? Sodas. Uh Uh-huh. Teas, coffee. And is that why you like to visit Mommy's office? Yes. I thought so. Not the coffee. Not the coffee. Definitely not the coffee. Is it quiet? Is it quiet at the ACLU? Yes. It's very quiet at the ACLU. Unless... Even at lunch? Even at lunch. That's a good question. Is your question, do we all eat lunch together like you do at school? Yes. Sadly, we don't. We normally don't eat lunch together, but once in a while, we do. Is there any toys at the ACLU? There are toys in Mommy's office. And I have some friends there who also have other toys. But most of the lawyers do not have toys. Any other questions? Yes. Do you have a couch in your office? 
I don't have a couch, but I have a window seat that I use as a reading nook. How big are your offices? They're a little smaller than your bedroom. The individual offices are. But all of the ACLU offices together are like three floors of a building. You got a lot of questions. I'm so glad we're having this talk. What amazing questions. I may be permanently replaced by a seven-year-old at this rate. Next, I talked to my two-year-old about a case I'm working on. We're trying to protect the right to protest against the construction of the proposed Keystone XL oil pipeline. As you'll hear, construction is currently blocked by a district court injunction. So, are they making the pipe? Where? At Montana. Are they making the pipe in Montana? Not yet. What do they have to do? They have to wait for the judge. Where is the judge? The judge is in Montana. Um, is in Montana. That's where they might build the pipe. Oh. Do you have any other questions? Yeah. The animals hurt the pipe. Yeah, the animals will get hurt by the pipe? Yeah. Any other ideas? Um, they will hurt and punch. It will hurt and pinch them? Oh, they will get punched? Yeah. Oh. By the pipe? Yeah. Oh. You have any other questions for me? Um, no. For the record, he asks for daily updates on the pipe, the animals, and the judge. Finally, we'll hear from Dale Ho, the director of the ACLU Voting Rights Project and his 10-year-old. What is your favorite part about working at the ACLU? That's a really good question. There are so many good things about working at the ACLU, it's kind of hard to choose. But I guess I'd say my favorite thing is that feeling I get when I walk in through the doors off the street and just knowing that I get to spend the day working to make the country a more just place, defending people's civil rights. It just gives me a sense of purpose that kind of puts a spring in my step. It's just a really great feeling. Well, that was fun. Now I hand it over to my older kid to bring this year's final episode to a close. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this special episode of At Liberty, please be sure to subscribe and give us a positive review. If you'd like to donate to At Liberty, go to www.aclu.org liberty. Thanks. Till next year, peace.